All right, so I wanted to say a big thank you to Pastor Mike and Pastor Ev for giving me the opportunity to share tonight on God's process. So I have been going through my own process, and I think I have been going through process after process after process, and sometimes you're like, Lord, am I not done cooked yet? Being cooked yet. But he is a good, good father. As the song says, all my life you have been so good. And, and that's one of the things I want us to remember as we go through the processes of life, that all our life, God has been so good. So I have to make sure that I stay on track here. That's why I did a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. So uh, the purpose of God's process is to make us look more like Christ. It's to expose the work of the enemy and to equip us for service. And I discovered these things as I went through, because how many of you like to hear the word process? <laughs> Nobody likes to hear the word process, especially in the 21st century. What do we want to do? We want the microwave. We want everything to be finished now. Don't cook the food in the oven for two and a half hours. Put it in the microwave, and 30 minutes, the food is ready. But that's not how God works. Because we are soldiers in God's army, and with the military, when we look at the Canadian military, when we look at the U.S. military, they take their soldiers through a process. And so that's what God does with us as well. So in God's process, he makes us new. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. But in becoming new, becoming new in terms of uh, humanity is made up of three parts. So we have our spirit, our soul, and our body. So the spirit becomes new immediately because our spirit was dead. But when we accept Christ, then the spirit comes alive and we can communicate with God. That's why unbelievers can't really hear God unless he decides, okay, I'm going to start communicating with them. But the norm is he generally doesn't. He communicates with us that have accepted him. So that's the spirit part that becomes new. So salvation has the three stages. Salvation process occurs in three stages. So the new spirit, the renewed soul, and then the new body. So in order to get the new spirit, Jesus says in James 3, and five in the ESV version, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And last night our speaker Adrian spoke to us about the Holy Spirit. So when we accept Christ, what happens? Our spirit is quickened and now we communicate with God through the Holy Spirit. So that's salvation process one. So that one was a microwave one, right? Because immediately our spirits become new. There's no effort on our part. We say, Jesus, I accept you. And bam. So that's a microwave. That's the only time God uses the microwave in, in his process, really. And in now this is the part that takes the time that not many of us desire. So the salvation process stage two is the renewing of the soul. And King David is one of my absolute favorite people in the Bible. He says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And throughout the Bible, there are many scriptures on God renewing the soul. 
the, the next one is found in 3 John 1 and 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. So that means that the soul has to go through a transformation process. So what does prosper mean in the Merriam-Webster Bible? I'm sorry, Bible. Dictionary. It means to succeed. Because when we think of prosperity, we think of financial prosperity. But I want us to look down at number two. It says to become strong and flourish. And that's what God wants for us. He wants our souls to prosper, to flourish, to grow strong. So the third one that's going to occur, the third stage of salvation is then the new body. So we're spirit, soul, body. So the first one was microwave. The second one is the soul. That's a process. That's going to take time. And then the third one is we're going to get a new body. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it says, it is the same way with our resurrection, with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will rise to live forever. And in 1 Corinthians 15, it should just be 43, but it says our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. So we're going to get that new body. So that those are the three stages of salvation, spirit, soul, and body. But tonight, we are going to touch on the process that causes the soul to become more like Christ. It's going to expose the enemy and it is going to prepare us for the purpose for which God has created us. So how does God renew the soul of the believer? So one day, I'll share this story. One day I was walking from the pharmacy with my daughter and I saw a gentleman with a jackhammer. And I got all excited. And the revelation that the Lord gave me is God is digging up the foundation of all that he has not built in our souls, in in your life, so that you can yield to the process. God wants us to yield to the process. The reality is that before we accepted Christ, the enemy was the one that was governing us. That's just the reality of life. Because the scripture says we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So before we accepted Christ, we were just living life however we feel. So being a new creation is not automatic. When it comes to the soul, it's a process. So here's a diagram I found on Instagram. It was Instagram? Pinterest, I think. And I just added my little tidbits into it here. It shows the spirit, but look, look at what it says about the soul. The soul is made up of our personality. So our emotions, the things that we feel, right? Am I sad? Am I angry at what this person did to me? It's made up of the mind, which is our thought processes, and it's made up of our will. So our choice to serve God or not to serve God. And what I thought was pretty interesting about the soul realm, as it says here, it's how we relate to others. And we're all good with God, right? 
but it's, it's people that we have issues with. <laughs> so that's why God then has to take us through a process of healing our souls. Because from the time you were born, some people even remember trauma and things that they experienced in the womb as babies. So imagine, say a person accepts Christ at the age 40. All the things they would have experienced going through their lives, now God has to he wants to heal them of that, and he wants to change them to be more like Christ. So that we think with our thinker, he says to no longer conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we know God's good, perfect, and acceptable will. So we're no, no longer going to choose the world's way of doing things. We're going to choose God's way of doing things. And with our emotions, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down, sometimes I'm sad. And it's like, Lord, this is this normal? Yes, there are instances in the Bible where we see God angry and we see him happy, but if we check, our emotions are linked to experiences that we have in life often. For example, we may have had a teacher in elementary school that is not so great. And then we are an adult now and we're working in the work world and we get a boss. And we don't know why we don't like this boss. It's because that boss looks like, sounds like, feels like that elementary teacher. So what is the Holy Spirit telling us? There's some trauma from our childhood that is impacting this relationship. And he wants us now to go through the healing process with him so that that experience no longer controls our lives. So he wants to liberate us on the inside and all of that is happening in the soul realm. So that's why he takes us through the process. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. Do I have any witnesses in the audience yeah. tonight? Yes. Okay. All right. Except my slides don't seem to want to move now. So I'm going to have to look back here. Next slide, slide, please. Isn't that interesting? That's okay. I'll keep talking. So Jesus, we're going to talk about Jesus' process. Because Jesus went through the process. We're going to look at some other folks in the Bible that went through process. But Jesus went through the process. We think, well, he is the son of God. Okay, see what's happening with my iPad. He is the son of God, right? Yes. So we're thinking uh, he doesn't have to go through the process. Of course he has to go through the process. Why? Because he came, he gave up his deity in heaven. He put away all his power and he came down to be an example to us. So we're going to start with Jesus tonight and see he went through the process. So Jesus, look at we look in Luke 4, 1 to 13. It says here, Jesus is driven into the wilderness by who? Holy Spirit. Oh. So when we go through our challenging times, often in Christendom, we say the devil is doing this. The devil is doing that. But how many know that sometimes God uses the devil as his puppet? Why does he do that? Because he wants to get us to have a renewed soul. He knows that sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but if God doesn't allow certain things to happen to me, I would be content and just stay boring. Yes. But he allows some fiery trials to come. He allows some challenges to come. And most often, someone will say, oh, come out to prayer meeting. And when all is well, what do we do? 
We go on our own way. But when those fiery trials hit, where do we find ourselves? In prayer meeting. We find ourselves calling our friends who love to pray because we have some situations. So God has to stoke up our lives. Otherwise, we would just be what? We would never pray. We would never fast. We would never seek his face because our lives are perfect. So the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Does the scripture say that? Yes, it does. These are not my words. You can find it in Luke 4, 1 to 13. So for the Holy for, for Jesus, it was a time of separation. And for those of us who know the story, pardon me, it was a time of temptation. It was a time of temptation. And how did Jesus handle the temptation when the enemy came? He said, it is written. So those are two clues for us. One, when we're going through our wilderness experience, the Holy Spirit is there. God has orchestrated, as tough as it looks, God has orchestrated or he has used what the enemy meant for evil, but it's going to turn around for good. So it's a time of separation. It's a time of buffeting. But Jesus, what Jesus did was he quoted the word to the enemy. And what did the enemy do? He had to flee, right? So that's a lesson for us. When we're going through, instead of being all depressed and stressed out and being negative, Jesus is our example. So we quote the word. We begin to take up scripture. And again, David is one of, King David was one of my favorites. I said, he knew what it was like to be depressed. He said, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in the Lord, you know? And then he talks about, about the, when the wicked are thriving. It's like, Lord, you know, the wicked are thriving. You know, what about me? Type thing. So he understood our challenges with everyday life. He was a king. And he was a worshiper. He wouldn't, nobody worshiped God like King David did. Yet, he had life experiences. He ran from so many, he had so many enemies. And we know the story about King Saul, how King Saul was jealous of him and how King Saul wanted to kill him. But nonetheless, he stayed with God. So back to Jesus. So Jesus obeyed the word. Jesus told him it was written. When the enemy tempted him and wanted to offer him all these worldly treasures and pleasures, Jesus said no. So in our time of temptation, we need to obey, stay in the word of God. Okay, so the bonus about going through God's process is we come out with power. Jesus, in Luke 4, verse 14 to 15, Jesus came out with power of the Holy Spirit. He went on, he began to spread the word and teach. And that is after he got the power, then his ministry began. So, so many of us, well, today, like with social media and stuff like that, everybody wants to be a preacher, everybody wants to be a teacher, everybody wants to be a prophet, but many of them have not gone through the process. Right? They see it as an opportunity to get out there and put their PayPal up and get people to send them money, but they have not gone through the process. So I remember two weeks ago, Pastor Mike was talking about the, the parable of the seed and the sower. Right? So they will be the ones that grow up quickly, but then the sun will come and scorch them. But God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to go through the process, be planted in the process. 
so that we grow up, our roots go down deep in him and we grow up strong in the process. Because after the process, we get power from the Holy Spirit. And after the process, there's promotion for God's glory. Yes. Amen. Amen? Yes. All right. So this is another thing that Jesus accomplished in John 14, 30. And I read this scripture before. I, I read it, but it didn't, I think I glossed over it. But when I read it again, it's like the Holy Spirit illuminated it for me. This is what it says. I will not speak with you much longer for the ruler of this world, Satan, is coming. And he has no claim on me, no power over me, nor anything he can use against me. So when God takes us through the process, he pulls out everything that the enemy was able to use. So all those triggers from that teacher, you go to work and you're all depressed because your boss reminds you of that teacher. So the enemy still had some buttons that he was pressing. So God wants, takes us through the process to deliver us from those buttons that the enemy had. So he wants us now to not, for the enemy to not have anything in us that he can use against us. That's right. Right? Amen. That's the bonus. So that Christ be fully formed in us. Stage two of salvation. Right? Processing the soul realm, our will, our emotion. So for that, for the person that goes through the, the, the inner healing where the, the boss reminds them of the elementary teacher, they would get emotional healing and their thoughts would begin to line up with God too because they no longer think wrong thoughts about this person right the Lord says to love your enemies so God would take them through a process now where they're going to forgive that teacher that teacher could be alive or dead doesn't matter but God is going to take them through a healing process where they forgive that teacher and release them and the enemy will have nothing in them so if they meet 5,000 people that look like sound like smell like that teacher the enemy has nothing over them or anything in them in the name of Jesus. So let's look at some more people that we know because we said, okay, that's Jesus. He's the son of God. Let's look at Joseph. So Joseph, Joseph was destined to be a liberator. His God process entailed jealousy. So his brothers were jealous when they heard what God wanted to do through him. They betrayed him. They threw him in a pit. Then he was in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife. She lied on him and then told lies. He ended up in prison. Look at the process. But God gave him a promise, right? God gave him those big dreams. I'm going to make you this. I'm going to do this. Just by the dreams, God was promising him promotion and elevation. But then God had to take him through the process. Because, no, I'm speculating. He could have had an element of pride. My mother and my father are going to bow down and worship me. My brother's going to bow down and worship We don't know, right? But if you think about it, in, in our own humanity, in our flesh, I mean, like, oh, my gosh, they're going to worship me. I can just imagine, right? <laughs> because in our humanity, sometimes we feel that way. And so those are the things in our soul that God needs to deliver us from, to liberate us from. So ultimately, he reached the palace and became the prime minister of Egypt. And why did God have to process him? Because then he had to save his family. Now, if he had allowed the bitterness to stay in, do you think he would have embraced his brothers? 
the children of Israel would have died off except for him. And he was, he was married to a woman that was not from Israel, right? So God takes us through the process because some of the same people that betray us, lie upon us, God uses us when we are healed, delivered, and whole than to liberate those same people. So we have to get rid of the bitterness that's on the inside. And the scripture talks to us about a root of bitterness. It's not a good, it ends in murder. If we look at Cain and Abel, right? It started with jealousy and it ended with murder. So the root of bitterness has many elements, right? So now we go on to Moses, another liberator. Right? If you look at the pattern in the Bible, God raised up people that liberated other people. And when Adrian spoke about Isaiah 61 yesterday, that is my favorite. And I do declare that over my life. And it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news, to set captives free, to give sight to the blind. And that is our mandate. Because that's why Christ came. So that's why the people that I'm taking note of in the Bible, they're all liberators. If you think about Samson, even though his end was not good because he did not submit to God's process entirely, he still liberated Israel because he still killed the, the, the people that were tormenting them. Right? So Moses, his process entailed adoption. So his mother had to give him up. He faced racism because Pharaoh, they did not like the Israelites. He ended up murdering a man. I mean, like, seriously, God, he's a murderer. Are you going to use him? Right? And he had low self-esteem when God said, it's time for you to speak. He said, no, use my brother. So all of these are things, right, that keep us bound, keep us from being free to do and be the liberator that God has called each of us to be and do. Ultimately, he was used by God to deliver the children of Israel from the hands of Pharaoh. And Esther, I can't not share without talking about a woman, right? There's Esther, there's Deborah, there's, I'm trying to think of the person that uh, ultimately killed the king in the story about Deborah, Jael, is it Jael, right? Yes, she ultimately ended the life of the king. But Esther... Esther was also a liberator in the Bible. She had to go through a preparation process. Her preparation process was external. It was the beautification to present her to the king. But it's not unlike our process, right? Because God is beautifying us but on the inside to present us back to himself, right? So her God process entailed being an orphan, she was an orphan. She had an arranged marriage. Oh my. She too faced racism because Haman wanted to execute all of the Jews. And ultimately, she was used by God to deliver the children of Israel from the hands of a murderer. So all of these folks. So what did I learn from my process, going through my years of being processed and processed and over-processed, and in my mind, it's like, Lord, I'm ready now. But he's always saying there's more. Because when you think that you come out of a process, what you did is you just get tools for the next process. So what did I learn? I learned that God loves me. 
And that is why he takes the time to take me through the process. Because of the wounds that I carried in my soul from a little girl, from the age of six, I went through some trauma. At the age of seven, I went through trauma. Actually, from two and some, I think. When my dad left, my mom had migrated to Canada, but I'm so glad he did because here I am today. And all of that, you don't realize that that impacts the soul. So because I went through those things, I made some poor choices in life. And so now God is healing me and liberating me. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, so let me stick to the script. So the process is necessary for my soul to be healed from wounds, which I just shared with you. The process is necessary for me to be trained in the things of God. When I started looking at the things I was learning as I was going through the process, I learned about the love of God. I learned about how God deals with our enemies. I learned about generational things that impacted my life that caused me to make certain choices. I look, God showed me like how the women in my family function, the men in my family, certain financial stuff. And I mean, it opened my eyes because I decided that I didn't want the enemy to win twice. He wasn't going to hurt me and then me not come out learning anything. So I said, Lord, teach me whatever you have to teach me. As painful as it, as it is, I want to learn. So God began to expose the strategies of the enemy. And I found that exciting, right? Because the Bible tells us he goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the word also tells us to do not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. When we have, as we said, the soul realm deals with relationships with others. So when the enemy's at work, we see people, right? But God wants us to see the hand of the enemy in the background of what's happening. So he opens up our spiritual eyes and we begin to see. And so then we can war on behalf of ourselves or the other people that God is showing us what the enemy is doing. So it's really the process is about training us. Because what happens now is when women or men come to me because God sends them. Like sometimes I would be at the bus stop, I'd be in Walmart, strangers would come and they start sharing their stories, they just start vomiting everything. I've never met these people. But because I've been going through the process, God gives me a word for them, an answer for them. And that's what God wants to do with each of us, right? He takes us through the process to show us he loves us. He's not doing it because he's mean. He's not allowing the enemy to buffet us because he's mean. But he's trying to get the things, as Jesus said, the enemy is coming, but he has nothing in common. So where we have things in common with the enemy, God takes us through the process to make us look more like Christ. So get the enemy out and we fill that space with the Holy Spirit. We fill that space with God's truth and God's way of doing things. <clears throat> so each person, God's, each person's God's process is unique to their purpose. So I realized that the things that I went through, God uses to bless the lives of other people. I could identify someone that has been molested by their behavior, by their mannerism. So the things that I've been through now, the Holy Spirit shows me. This is why they're acting this way. I'm also a life coach. So when people come to me, people that are believers, they're obviously people that are not believers, so I just work with the Holy Spirit in the background so they don't know. 
right? So I'm a secret agent in those instances. But in instances where the person is a Christian and the Holy Spirit, they give me freedom to talk about God and pray with them. And then the Holy Spirit says, well, this is why that's happening. Then I can share that with them and they get freedom. So they not only reach their goals, but the Lord highlights what's going on in the soul realm to give them the freedom so they can move forward. And not only that, he shows me some generational linkages and we pray and we break that off of their generation. And now they are liberated and their nation, their family line, they're liberated too. So this is what the process does. Isn't that great? This is what the process does. So each person's process is unique to their purpose because I'm a life coach and I'm a whatever, whatever God says or whoever God says I am by my identity, then I had to go through specific training, right, to be able to accomplish the things that God needs me to accomplish because he is about restoration. So some of us are restorers of family life, some of us are restorers of religion, some of us are restorers of education, and it plays out differently based on what God created you for. So my question to you tonight is what are you, who are you destined to liberate? Who are you destined to liberate? And what does your God process look like? When it comes around again, if you've been running from your God process, I want to encourage you not to run any longer. There's treasure, there's tools, there's skills to be gained, to be learned. Because what happens is when we don't go through the process and accomplish it, we fail the test. And some people say, this keeps happening to me all the time. (laughs) Do you know why? It keeps happening all the time because you keep running from solving the problem with God. That's why the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness to prepare him for the cross so that we would all be liberated and be liberators of humanity because we live in a fallen world. So what is your process? So I want to challenge you guys with these thoughts tonight. Your God process is unique to your purpose. If you are a teacher, you're an educator, God wants you to help people. He gives you strategies on how to help your students understand the language, whatever it is. If you're a grandma, God wants you to pour into the next generation. Teach them about Jesus. Live for Jesus. Be an example. All of us has a purpose of restoration in the lives of humanity. Who are you destined to liberate? What does your God process look like? And embrace it. Embrace it with the Holy Spirit. Embrace it from heaven's perspective. And God reveals, the process showed me that God reveals his character to me. I got to see that he's a loving father. I got to see that through the annals of time, though Some people have said, Julie, you have had a hard life. And I have suffered some hard things. But I've seen the hand of God. I've seen him keep me time and time and time again. Even when my heart and my face were turned from him before I accepted Christ. I've seen God. I've seen his character. 
I've seen him expose the work of the enemy. So I'm no longer ignorant of the enemy's devices. So that when we wage warfare, we can succeed and operate from a place of victory and not a place of defeat. Not, why is this happening to me? I don't understand it. Well, with me, God is doing this to me. God, no. That is defeatist mentality and that is not a victor mentality. <laughs> and God heals us, equips us, and identifies our divine purpose. And that's all I have to share tonight. So if you want to stand with me, I'm going to pray with you guys and then hand off to Pastor Mike. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would speak to every heart yes. here, mine included, and breathe upon this word that was shared. Lord God, and help us to comprehend what your Spirit is saying to the church today. Lord, that we would receive your work in our lives with new eyes, with new understanding, with new revelation, oh God. Lord God, that we would embrace the Holy Spirit we would embrace his purpose in our yes. lives. He would embrace yes. his work in our lives. And we would be like Jesus and say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Lord God, I pray for every individual here that you would illuminate their purpose in the process. That you would illuminate your goodness in the process. That you would expose the work of the enemy in the process. And you would equip them for your yes, honor, Lord. for your glory, and your praise. I give you thanks and I give you praise for the testimonies that will come forth, Lord God, as people begin to, to rise up, as your army begins to rise up. Lord God, I also intercede for those who are not here tonight. Lord God, but that there would be an impartation, Lord God, in Life Church, where we begin to see the process from your perspective, Lord God, and that we would yield to the process like Jesus did, so we would come up with power, we would come up with tools, and we would come up victorious. I give you thanks, Lord, and I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.